My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 13th of February. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek has rejected an application for a coal mine proposed by Clive Palmer's company, Central Queensland Coal. I've decided that the adverse environmental impacts are simply too great. The mine is an open-cut coal mine less than 10 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef. Last month, Plibersek approved an extension to the licence of another mine in Queensland until 2063. So why has the Environment Minister blocked this latest proposal and what does it mean for the future of fossil fuels here in Australia? We're going to get Billy in to join you for that deep dive, Zara. But first, what is making headlines this morning? U.S. authorities have claimed the spy balloon shut down recently was, quote, capable of collecting and geolocating communications. According to a U.S. Department of State spokesperson, the balloon was clearly for intelligence surveillance and had multiple antennas. China's foreign ministry said the claims were, quote, part of the information and public opinion warfare that the U.S. had waged against China. Well, a U.S. fighter jet has shot down an unidentified cylindrical object over Canadian airspace. It's the third such event in North America in seven days. Canadian PM Justin Trudeau said he ordered the strike after being informed of the object by the North American Aerospace Defense Command, and that's a joint U.S.-Canadian organization that defends airspace above both countries. Authorities have not recovered the wreckage and refused to link it to any foreign government. More news of job cuts, this time in the media industry. News Corp Australia has announced it'll cut 5% of its workforce following a decline in earnings. Chief Executive Robert Thompson said on Friday that roughly 1,200 jobs would be cut amid a surge in interest rates and acute inflation that they say had a tangible impact on all of their businesses. And today's good news, deforestation in Brazil's Amazon rainforest fell in January by 61% when compared to January of last year. Limiting forest destruction was one of the key environmental policies of President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who was sworn into office on the 1st of January this year. Lula, as he's more commonly known, has promised to totally eliminate deforestation in the Amazon. Hi, Billy. Thanks for jumping on the pod today. Thanks for having me. Now, last week, you guys shared Tom's chat with the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. And one of the things that came up during that chat was the government's coal and gas plans. It remains the case that the government won't commit that it will never consider any coal and gas (laughs) projects. And that's it's in a context where AGL is constantly updating its timelines for coal closures. There has not been a new coal-fired power station built in Australia at any time, at any time... But there are a lot of gas exploration projects that are under consideration at the moment. more than a decade. So that's the context in which Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek formally refused a coal project proposed by Clive Palmer's company Central Queensland Coal last week. And she basically said in explaining that decision that the risk was simply too great. The mine is an open-cut coal mine less than 10 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef. And the risk of pollution and 
and irreversible damage to the reef is very real. The project would have had unacceptable impacts on freshwater in the area and potentially on fragile seagrass meadows that feed dugongs and provide breeding grounds for fish just off the coast. Okay, so Billy, I want to get into what the government's policy is and what this decision means for the future of fossil fuels. But I think that a good starting point is just to understand a bit more about what was actually being proposed by Clive Palmer. Yeah, well, first of all, we should also say that you might recognise the name Clive Palmer. Mm -hmm. He is a billionaire. He's also a politician, or should I say failed politician, Zara. Mm -hmm. Now, the Central Queensland Coal Project planned to use coal mines near Rockhampton, which is less than 10 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef, which, as I'm sure you're aware, is a World Heritage listed area. And so now the project would have mined up to 10 million tonnes of coal a year for around 24 years. I don't know about you, but that's a really hard number to fully grapple with. But yes, 10 million tonnes of coal a year. And so with anything as major as that, there's always a really long approval process. And in 2021, the Queensland Department of Environment and Science recommended that the project not proceed saying it posed a number of unacceptable risks, mainly due to the proposed location being so close to the reef. Okay, and there you said that this all started in 2021, which we're now two years away from, which I guess shows you how long these processes go on for. Can you talk me through what the actual logistics are of how a minister can reject something like this that is presumably a privately operated business? So this is all because of a law called the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. That's a lot of words. We're going to call it just the EPBC Act. And that came into force in 2000 to provide federal oversight over these large projects. And basically, when anyone is planning a development that might significantly impact the environment, they need the approval of a federal government minister, which in this case today is Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek. Now, there was a public consultation period, which is where anyone in the public can email the minister. And this time there were about 9,000 submissions. And Plibersek would have looked at them and considered them before she made this decision, which, as we said, was to formally reject the proposed mine. And it needs to be pointed out that it's really not that often that this happens. As of July last year, there were more than 7,000 projects that have been referred to the federal government and only 13 were refused. So there were 7,000 applications and only 13 were refused. And I think that's a good point to dwell on because I feel like oftentimes the public is, and certainly our audience we found, is asking for this sort of action, but it, it doesn't actually happen very often. Billy, do you think that this marks, I guess, a shift in the way that Australia deals with fossil fuel productions? Well, not necessarily. I mean, it is only one decision and the government has previously said that it will assess projects on a case-by-case basis. And something that points to that is that in a different decision just last month, Plibersec actually approved an extension to the coal mining licence of an existing mine in Queensland until 2063. So no, I don't think that it marks a shift necessarily. But I also think that there is another important point Point to make here. And that's about what Plibersek actually has the power to do in this space. Now, remember, she's acting on these proposals under the EPBC Act. And there are specific things the Act sets out to protect. I'm not going to list them all, but they roughly fall into, you know, protecting natural environments, heritage areas, at-risk wildlife, things like that. 
Now, what I think is really interesting here is that the law doesn't explicitly require the government to assess a project's carbon emissions when deciding whether or not it's going to approve it. So remember, Plibersek's decision on this new mine she's rejected was about the impact it would have on the Great Barrier Reef, not its contribution to climate change more broadly. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Okay, so am I right in saying that the environmental protections being used by the federal government don't actually factor in carbon emissions? Well, not explicitly. So you could argue that carbon emissions would still impact natural environments, for example, but there is no explicit requirement that Plibersec actually take carbon emissions into account when making her decision. Now, there was a major independent review of the EPBC Act in 2020, and that found that the legislation was outdated and that it needed fundamental reform. Its key recommendation was to create a brand new set of standards. And in response to that, in December of last year, the government announced its plans to introduce new laws to establish an environmental protection agency to enforce Australia's existing environmental protection laws. So if passed, these reforms will require developers to disclose greenhouse emissions and also to work within the government's climate change policies. Okay, so that sets the legislative groundwork, I guess, to understand the future. What do we expect to happen now for Clive Palmer? Well, just before we get there, I just want to stick with the climate legislation that I mentioned just before. Now, the government's new laws will be legislated sometime this year, and the Greens have already flagged that they will be pushing the government to go further, and the coalition has criticised it, so we don't know yet if that actually will pass. But it'll be an interesting one because it's climate, and we know that David Pocock holds the balance of power in the Senate and that he's very strong on climate. There seems like a natural alliance there. Yeah, definitely. They might have to make a few amendments, but I Mm. think that they are probably in a strong position for it to pass. Now, Zara, your initial question was about Clive Palmer. So to go back to, you know, where we started this whole episode with Clive Palmer's proposed coal project, he is able to seek a judicial review on the minister's decision. So if we were to think about it like a court, he's able to kind of appeal it. Mm -hmm. But he would have to argue that Plibersek's decision involved a legal error, which I think we can fairly say would be hard for him to prove. Billy, thanks for jumping on the pod to talk about Clive Palmer and mines. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. We would love if you could give us a rating or a review on whatever app you're using right now. Maybe chuck us some stars. It helps new people find us and join the TDA community. Have a great Monday.